was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 114. <laughs> and on this episode, we're going to be talking about having a different audio and video experience on YouTube. Mariah Carey going into the metaverse. Uh, the real reason why you're struggling to get clients and selling. Being a content machine and more. Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Content plus media times tech equals success. I think that's the formula. I, I, I just, you know, I wrote it down mm. when we was reviewing it. So this, this might be the game. See what you did there. Let's just get right into <laughs> it. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. Now, of course, this episode could not be possible without our major sponsor, Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that now allows video isolation to where you see us, but as well as if we had a, uh, another guest, we'll be able to take that video, all collage it together if we wanted to. We have audio isolation, we have transitions. You're able to produce a whole show with a click of a button, right? So. If you want a 14-day trial on us, go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash ecamm. That's E-C-A-M-M. And you'll love it. <laughs> Moose, how are we feeling? Man, all is well. Excited to close out the year. Looking to maybe just do, I don't know, a couple of, uh, I guess a couple of trips before we fully, fully wrap up and, and just get recharged. But yeah, excited. I mean, this is at the time that we're recording uh, two two days into the final month of the year. So just excited to really bring this thing home and finish strong. So, you know, things are good. He's not going to tell us where he's going, people, but he's traveling. So just know I that. don't even know. I don't even know yet. Once I know, I promise I'll let you guys know. I'm planning. It's in the planning phase, you know. Uh, Egypt, when are you Egypt planning on leaving? Do you, do, do you know, uh, like around well, middle end? You don't have to say exact date, but like middle end. Well, you see what had happened was Egypt got pushed back. You know, Egypt was the big, yes, was the big like you know, right, right. yeah, that was that was the big homecoming. But Egypt is going to get pushed into probably middle of next year, and so it doesn't require. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. It's really sad. But you know, we're making it work. For me, I'm I'm a simple guy. If I can go snowboarding a couple of times, just get myself out on the mountains and and enjoy that winter rush i think i'm gonna be fine so that that okay. might be that might be my little my little getaway okay all right yeah um that didn't answer the question but we know egypt is bad far away that's all we know far all right away. Bad far sad, away. Man. Sad. uh for me uh i'm chilling uh i'm starting to get my black friday uh merchandise that I ordered, so now we're going back to just 
throwing out a whole lot of clothes and, well, not throwing out, goodwill before anybody comes at me. All right. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though I just never remember to go to goodwill. So I have like bags of things to go to goodwill. I mean, Uh, bags. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. So, um, yeah. So I got to make a trip. But besides that, really geeked out on just uh, reading. I'm still geeked out on that. Um, Mm -hmm. We spoke a little bit about it on our live. If you don't check out our YouTube live, you should check that out. It's every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Nikki and Moose uh, YouTube channel. It's a really whole vibe. But neither here nor there. But I've been really big on on that. And then low-key, okay, this is this is my semi-geek side of me. Uh, my iPad, I found a, like a screen protector that makes it feel like it's paper. Wow. Right? And so here I am writing, knowing that if anybody who is a true techie has the most horrible handwriting, because we don't write. So now... I'm loving the write, but I hate the way it looks, but I'm forcing myself to write because now I'm all excited. Plus, I have an Apple pencil that I paid way too much for. I don't mm-hmm. even know why I paid that much, but yeah. it's there. There. Look, I got it, people. Right here. Um, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So it's a nice uh, upgrade. For, for yeah. those people who have iPads and an Apple pencil and like to write or wants to write, uh, get this thing called Paperlike. They're not sponsoring. They don't want anything. I just really like it. It's really cool. Okay? It's really cool. That's all I got. That's all I got. Fair oh, yeah. enough. But uh, let's get into this episode. Of course, the What's Poppin' section is sponsored by Deeper Than The Brand, uh, the number one content branding community that shows you how to confidently and authentically build a brand Grow a social media presence and build digital wealth. Go to deeperthanthebrand.com for more information. And so let's get to it. Uh, also on today's What's Poppin', uh, shout out to David Chans, who we did have as a guest. Uh, he recently had Sean Kennel on the show or on his podcast. I'm going to say show, right? And... I want to go over it from a simple standpoint of YouTube, because if y'all know Sean, he is like the master of YouTube. And he said something really interesting as far as when we are creating podcasts or just taking a platform serious, right? You want to dedicate content just for that platform. So we're you know, we may be creating a podcast or for those people who are creating for social media like Instagram and Facebook and all that, we think, okay, we could just repurpose that on YouTube and we think it's going to work amazing. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But what does work on a consistent basis is content that you are creating specifically for YouTube. So this is what he said real quick. Hard enough to just sit down and record a podcast. Now I'm recording <laughs> different audio, different video. Yeah. But I think you really want to contextualize it for the platform. I think that where you got to think a little bit different about YouTube, at least a little bit different, if not kind of have a different approach um, in terms. So we're already thinking about 
like trimming a lot of the fluff out of our video podcast. I, I did a recent episode on like courage on YouTube secrets. It's the first C. And, and the podcast version is like 18 minutes. Well, if you really want to make a great YouTube video out of that, you could probably get it down to 11, maybe nine with a good editor. And because I'm not greeting the podcast, I'm not saying welcome back. I'm not saying leave a review of the book trim all that out. So what's interesting is there's like the podcast episode recorded, but we almost can use that same asset now, turn it into a think media version, strip all call to actions out, get straight to the point. So I I wanted you guys to hear them for those people who are watching it on YouTube to see it because it's important that we actually pay attention and study the platforms that we are on. And I'm and I'm going to talk specifically on YouTube, but this really goes for any platform that you're on uh, as far as what is the content that truly works. Though even us, we're creating a podcast that does have a video uh, experience to it, right? We have to understand that even our audio experience has to be different than our video experience, Right. Because it's two different platforms. We have to treat each platform with respect. So when he's talking about YouTube, we know people just want to get straight to the point. They're not necessarily caring about uh, the call to actions and the sponsors and that whole nine. Even though I will say. Adding your own sponsors instead of uh, allowing YouTube to do the ads and everything like that. I still I'm going to I'm going to slightly push back on that just because I'm really big on controlling uh, your brand from a monetizing standpoint. Right. We don't want to rely too much on the platform to be able to give us our coins. So we should be able to add our own ads to it to push the coins as well. So from that standpoint, I mean, we're we're seeing uh Multiple podcasts do it. I mean, high up ones from uh, Gillian Wallow do it all the time with like several sponsors right within their YouTube video. And they still get thousands and thousands of, of views. So from that standpoint, it's a little eh, yay and nay. I think with the clips, I'll say that when you're clipping up certain points, you want to get straight to the point. You don't want to necessarily put is sponsored by this, that, and the third, unless it really is. But when it comes to the full video, you still want to figure out a different way that will allow YouTube to be happy. Will allow, if you're going to repurpose certain things on other platforms, what will make that particular platform happy? So are we studying the platforms that we are on? Are we creating content just for that particular uh, platform? Or are we just throwing it up there, hoping that it works? For for me, I always say uh, from my own personal brand, Instagram is Bay, right? That's the main one. And I repurpose on the other ones. Now, I think of it like if the other ones grow, they grow. But I really want to concentrate on Instagram. So I don't have the same expectations on the other platforms because I already understand I'm just going on a repurpose uh, cycle than necessarily creating for uh, 
YouTube and creating for Facebook and creating for LinkedIn and create like I'm not particularly doing that at this time. Can that change? Yes. And it'll probably change more for on a YouTube side of things from my own personal brand than anything else, because I understand the benefits of YouTube from an SEO standpoint. Uh, for those who people don't understand what that means, search engine optimization. So when you type in on Google, your stuff could pop up, right? So I understand that from that aspect and the longevity of your content from a YouTube standpoint. But right now I'm thinking, eh, I'm okay concentrating on Instagram and, and repurposing on TikTok and repurposing on all these other platforms. But for those people who are just repurposing with expectations of that, all of this needs to grow at the same time. I need you to be realistic and understand that each platform has their own language. Each platform has their own rules and principles that we have to respect. And we have to understand if we really want to win on those different platforms. So shout out to Sean, shout out to David for one, him breaking down how he does his podcast from a audio standpoint and a video standpoint and us understanding the point of creating different experiences on different platforms will create the biggest impact from a follower or subscriber and engagement standpoint than just repurposing for everything. I mean, hmm. Man, so good. Yeah, you, you know, uh, I love highlighting any strategic partnerships that extend the runway of a particular brand. And by that, I mean, they make or they expose the brand to a younger audience. So on this segment, we have the Queen of Christmas goes to the metaverse for a four-day four virtual conference in collaboration with Roblox starting December 21st. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Mariah Carey, ladies and gentlemen. So Mariah Carey, who's 52 years old, is going to go onto a gaming platform such as Roblox. Uh, in a lot of ways, I feel like it has something to do with her two younger children, who I believe are 10 and 11. She had them performing uh, at the Thanksgiving parade, which is kind of cool. But I just love the idea of being able to expose your brand, everything that you're doing to a younger audience. And so as business people, as creatives, we always have to think about in the beginning, you have to go to where the attention is. You can't always wait for it to come to you and hope that the dial is going to turn in your favor. And so I love this collaboration, right? Going to Roblox, which is a huge gaming platform. I mean, I hear parents talking about it at, at barbecues and parties. Like it is a serious conversation. It's like, do you let your child listen on Roblox? Like it is a serious debate right now because of how much attention Roblox has from children. And so I love this idea of being able to expose it. So of course, with that, I went a little bit deeper just to dive into because, you know, they're talking about her famous song, All I Want for Christmas, which I believe came out in 96. And so I did a little dig and I said, man, you know what? It is true. Christmas time comes around. 
you know that song hit the radio like it just came out three and a half days ago. Uh, mind you, it's been out for God knows how long, nearly two, 20 years or something like that, or almost 20 years. But interesting fact, fun fact for all of you uh, uh, business people out there, this song brings in two and a half million dollars in royalties to Mariah Carey till this day. Really? Two and a half million dollars a year in royalties alone from that song from Mariah Carey. That song alone has generated nearly $70 million for her. So I think this adds another kind of unique component just to it all. It's like, man, you can make your best piece of work and you can eat off of that thing for a long time. So I think of authors and, you know, specifically really authors, because I'm looking at these books selling so many copies in such a short period of time. I'm looking at them like, okay, this might be one of them things where you could really sit back and chill for a minute and have those copies just going, going, going. So just, uh, just something to encourage you people, man, sit down and, and put your work into a, a body of work or a, or a vehicle that will really run far beyond your time, because that is pretty encouraging. $70 million off of one song. That's dope. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and that was the what's popping section. Now, of course, Things you could live without. All right. Three new things of things you could live without. First one. All right. And I need you guys to uh, comment. One, two, or three. Let us know. First one. Influencers slash celebrities. Photoshopping themselves into photos and calling it art. So, uh... One of the past celebrities, you may, I'm not even going to say her name because the way she goes about things is weird. But she used to be a Danity Kane uh, singer. For those people who don't know what Danity Kane is or was, if you remember Diddy's making of the band, the female group, the lead singer. That's all I will say, right? Uh, somebody on social media uh, called her out. Saying, yo, you're photoshopping yourself in these locations. And so uh, she went on a talk show and the person asked, hey, it's like, oh, well, these are the same people who didn't go in front of Diddy and all these people and had to perform. And no, no one cares. No one cares. Hmm. Damn, but that's OK. And so she was like. Which ones? I could tell you which ones were Photoshop because I, I feel like my uh, profile is art. Like, I don't give away my personal life. This is my art. I'm like, man. Okay. So, yeah. First one, uh, influencers and celebrities Photoshopping themselves in locations, calling it art. The second one, uh, unlimited McDonald's with the Mc gold card you have to purchase something in their app in a certain amount of time limited time in order to get unlimited mcdonald's for life could you have lived without that is that something you've been looking forward to right your whole life uh and then last but not least how balenciaga pretty much put out and 
sick campaign yeah. and then blamed the ad campaign and then not necessarily them. They did the, I call it like the toxic relationship. I'm sorry. However, comma, it's their fault and mm-hmm. we're going to investigate on them. No, if no one gave you backlash, you would not even say sorry. So for those people who don't know what happened with Balenciaga, I'm just going to say, look that up. I'm not even going mm-hmm. to go too, too much into it because it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy how we use kids in certain things. But one, two or three people, one influencers or celebrities saying, hey, I'm photoshopping myself into the Great Wall of China and calling it art. Uh, unlimited McDonald's with the McGold card. Do you need unlimited McDonald's? And then Balenciaga being trash and blaming somebody else about how trash their campaign was. You know what I mean? Moose, what would you pick? Oh, Balenciaga. I could, I could definitely live without that for sure. Thanks. Yeah, that's, 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 not, that's not a cool move. That's not a good move. Yeah. That is what it is. I think I would pick the same. Yeah. Balenciaga, you need to do better. Sorry. This is me. But <laughs> let's get into the blueprint. <laughs> so shout out to uh to Moose, of course. Uh, cause now we're on a binge of the Hormozies uh content, right? <laughs> Was this was going to be truly uh, uh, a Hormozzi's uh, day. We had Alex, we had his wife, and I was like, <laughs> okay, hold on. We can't, we can't do this again. Can't we actually were supposed to go over it last week. I said, no, we can't do it two weeks in a row. Let's spread it out. So, um, But this one was really interesting because it goes to the rat race of, you know, clients right always going and running to get the next client whether you're you know selling merch whether you're selling products or services whatever it is like how do we get people to continue to go to come back over and over again and we maximize on their buying power so he says something really dope uh that got me thinking that i know moose has a whole breakdown about so Let's talk about it. The problem that most people have when they are starting their business is that they are in the selling business, not in the reorder business. They don't have recurring revenue. They have one-time sales. Is there a way that we can get someone to buy this and never stop paying for it? Is there a way that we can make this so good? The moment their card changes or they get a new credit card, they call us ahead of time because they don't want to stop receiving value. Facebook is a massive company. They do not have a recurring revenue model. They have a reoccurring revenue model. Meaning I go to the Facebook store today, I buy some eyeballs, and tomorrow I might go back again and buy more eyeballs. I don't have a subscription, but I reorder over and over and over again. Man, man, this this is uh, very much in line with the season of both life and business that I'm in, which is really combining tons and tons and tons of frustration 
of, of wishing or wondering why isn't business better than what it actually is. And thinking about now working smarter and not harder, or maybe even a combination of both, but securing the bag for the long term. And so we all make this mistake, especially if selling is something that we're good at. We just want to get to the transaction because there's almost this high, this feel good that happens to us because, man, I just got this person to say yes. I got them to enroll into my program. I got them to buy my product or my service. And that's a natural high that happens. But what happens next month? You have to go right back out there and do the exact same thing. There is no difference in what you do, say, as a business owner, doing that for your business versus just working a standard sales job and probably having to worry less about all of the other responsibilities that come with when you own a particular business or brand, right? And so what's the difference though? Well, the difference is you want to think about building your book of business and building a book of business now is saying, okay, how can I get these people or these clients of mine to buy on a more of a frequent basis rather than just on a one-off basis? When it's a one-off basis, you're having to constantly go out there and pursue new business every single time. The minute that you get some reoccurring revenue to happen, you start the following month, instead of at zero, maybe at three. And over time, that domino effect really puts you in a healthy position where you can start to now scale your business or scale other elements of it without having to feel the pressure of, oh man, but what about my overhead? Or what about these other areas? And so I've always been a huge fan of this component because yes, it takes longer. You, you build this side slower because you're saying, hey, I don't want to just get your money one time and end our relationship. I want to get your money and open the door for how we're going to be in relationship for the long haul. And so you serve this customer differently. You think about their needs and their pain points and their goals and objectives also very differently. And so this is incredibly critical, man. If if you're in business today, you need to think about, okay, after I get the sale or, you know, that opening transaction from them, what happens next? Is there a way for me to put them in a position where they can continue to do business with me on a reoccurring basis and not end that relationship? And that is one of the things that I've even identified in the flight assessment business model as one of our kind of red flags or challenges. Although it's a phenomenal product and... I, I put my life on it, literally. It's a product in which a customer only has to buy once a year. Mm-hmm. And so that frequency is so long. From a business standpoint, every single month, you have to go out there and run and get new leads and get new leads and get new leads, which is fine. You're going to do that naturally. But that's what's different. Um, the SaaS side, in which, why I, in which is why I look at more of extreme execution as a tech company, because... On that side, we're giving people access to the technology and they're using it on a reoccurring basis. And so that's the difference between one business, two different sides of the platform, and they give you two completely different options. But the only reason why they really complement one another is that one is naturally reoccurring. One is, yeah, you only can do it once a year, but there has to be other ways to complement it as well. So you kind of see the pros and cons of both sides. That makes sense. I think with that that clip, what really popped out to me was that Facebook talk. 
right? Because of course, when you're thinking about reordering, like a subscription instantly pops up, right? And so hence why even uh, fashion has like subscription models and, and that whole nine, like you get a box and every month you'll get the new shirt and the hat and new shirt and jeans and things like that. And everybody starts to think about uh, subscription in some way, shape or form, but there's some that doesn't necessarily have that. And when he said the reoccurring as far as you have something that people need sometimes on demand, right. Or, or something that will get them more exposure in, in, in Facebook standpoint. And you're going to want to pay for that on a, when you need it on a regular basis, you're going to keep coming back for that situation. And I'm like, that's so, that's so key. Cause like, you know, who, who also does that, uh, when it comes to challenges was the, uh, the Russell, what's his name? Russell Brunson. That's how yeah, you say his yeah. last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he had this, uh, one funnel challenge where for 30 days you're trying to create a funnel and then the information is gone. And so you're going to want to come back if you didn't complete it or, uh, you want, this the information to go over some of the same information you're going to want to buy that over again something that normally is a one-time situation and either you pay a subscription for to get access uh as long as you need it or it just goes away is now something that you can kind of make it fun and people are going to want to come back to it so i'm thinking like how do we get the products and services that we have into a reoccurring search situation, a reordering situation? And it's not, and it takes some thought. It's not instant because we're so used to, you know, the one-offs sometimes. And it's like one-offs or subscriptions, but I've never until watching that video, I never really thought about the reordering based off like a need mm-hmm. and, and giving you enough that, because if we break down Facebook and, and this is where I'll geek out a little bit from an organic side, it's, it's like a hit or miss, right? You post something and sometimes you can get really good looks. Sometimes you don't, especially on a Facebook standpoint, that's more of a pay to play platform. And for those people who don't know what that means, that means you actually have to pay the platform to get more people to have eyes on what you have. So understanding that organic is not always a hundred percent, you're going to want to either speed up the process or uh, better have a better percentage of conversions by adding money to it. So they give you a taste of it, of this is what it could be. But if you want this on a more consistent basis here, you could pay for it. Right. And of course that's not always going to be every single day. That's going to be based off of a campaign status 
or, you know, when you have the money and it's like, when you think of that kind of model, you have to think of it on a, how do I give people like, uh, what you gonna call it? Like candy crush, like one of those video games where you mm. get to a certain point, you can do it and, and it takes longer. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where now this is making sense. It take there is a way when those people have those models, there is a way to do it, but there's a longer way. But if you want to speed up the process for people, you give them uh, the different gems or different, uh, you know, weapons or whatever in order to level up quicker in order from a Facebook standpoint, in order to get the more the, the eyes uh instantly guaranteed kind of situation. So that's really interesting to think about because the subscription is easy to think about, but the reordering and the reoccurring standpoint, that's very interesting to give them a taste of something, tell them they can do it, but it takes a long time. And how do you cut down the time? Because people value their time more and will pay for that. Yep. Yep. Keep them coming back for value because there's a, you can extend the value by helping them with the next phase of it. And so that, that plays into the reordering. It's not just time. It's, Hey, let me, there's a natural need for every step. So for example, if I'm on level one and I unlock level one and get to level two, well, there's going to be a new need that takes place for me to get to the following level after that. And so as you scale, you'll notice that. And if you're just a couple of steps ahead, you can always go back and help your client or customer by advancing through that without having to go through the hula hoops of, wait, what do I do now? Or, or how do I make sense of this now? It's like, oh, well, let me kind of continue to unlock that for you. And at least you can build up that frequency. And I really believe it's, it's one of the main reasons why, although it is the most difficult, probably one of the most difficult industries to work in, and I think of the hospitality and the food industry, it's still one of the most lucrative industries to be a part of when you know how to make it work because of the frequency of the reorder. People need to eat every single day. It's not something like a car where you buy it once and you're good maybe for a lifetime, maybe for five, 10 years, if you're leasing every three years. But obviously because the cost of a vehicle or a car is a lot higher, you don't worry about the reordering on that model, but you definitely think about it when it comes to the average product or service-based business because you need that traffic from your clients without having to go out there and start that entire transaction or sales cycle from the very beginning. So yeah, I think the reorder piece definitely adds a unique look to it. And, and you got to think frequency, like how, how soon or how frequent are people going to need what I have, uh, especially once we get through that first cycle of it. So this next part is very interesting. And of course, uh, because I can find something that has a business side of it, I can still talk about content. So yay. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Man, the importance of having a content machine by your side when it comes to your business will uh, help with the success of it. So I found this clip that was going viral from my 
niche of things, not necessarily viral everywhere, but definitely viral in, in my niche of things as far as uh, companies that do not have a content machine with them will probably fade away. So let's hear about it. Kylie Jenner launches a makeup brand, takes off, becomes this billion dollar brand. Kim Kardashian launches a clothing brand, becomes a $3 billion brand. And here's what I think is the most prescient M&A transaction of 2022. And you guys can tell me I'm crazy. I think the most important M&A deal of 2022 was when Penn Gaming bought Barstool Sports. Because it shows that every consumer packaged good or every consumer services business ultimately needs to be a content business. And if you don't naturally have content creation in your blood, you have to go and buy a content business or you are going to die. And that's why I think all traditional brands that aren't oriented and built around content creation as their primary differentiating foundation will not survive and will not be able to compete effectively. And instead, what we're going to see is influencers build and distribute consumer goods and consumer services in a more efficient way, because guess what? They've got distribution built in. Let's say Coca-Cola tried to build a content business today. How good would they be? Not very good. That's why they're going to end up dying. I mean, do you think Mr. Beast Burger could beat McDonald's? Yes, and that's what I'm saying. That's my point. That's why I opened that's up. That's kind of saying. insane when you think about it. If Mr. Beast had 5,000 franchisees. Yeah, but this is exactly my point that I said at the beginning. Every traditional brand will get destroyed in 30 years. And they will get destroyed by the influencers that have built an audience through content creation and now creating businesses on top of that that compete with the traditional incumbents. First off, that uh, that's crazy. Okay, that that's crazy to think about as far as brands like Coca-Cola and McDonald's can get possibly overran by influencers, mm. right? Um, like Gatorade may get uh, overran by Logan Paul's and KSI's prime. Now, uh, I think this is very interesting because it just proves that Without content, you do not have a brand or now a business, right? Mm. We are looking at an age that media controls everything and controls the the buying power of certain things. I actually found this clip that talks about uh, the leverage and why you know, these influencers are now killing the game from a business standpoint. And we're talking about people like Logan Paul, like uh, Mr. Beast, things that we covered last episode of how they're building empires. But it all started with the leverage of their media company. Well, they're, well, it is literally a media company, but literally their media, their platforms of how they got to where they are. So, uh, I found this on a podcast of, I think it's, I want to say Naval's N-A-V-A-L. I don't know. Y'all know I suck with names, but uh, listen to this because this was, this was interesting. So now you can multiply 
your efforts without having to involve other humans and without needing money from other humans. This podcast is a form of leverage. Long ago, I would have had to sit in a lecture hall and lecture each of you personally, and I would have maybe reached a few hundred people, and that would have been that. But today, thanks to the internet, I can buy a cheap microphone, hook it up to a laptop or an iPad, and there you are, all listening. So this newest form of leverage is where all the new fortunes are made. So all the new billionaires. So the last generation fortunes were made by capital. That was the Warren Buffetts of the world. But the new generation fortunes are all made through code or media. Now, the beauty is when you combine all of these three. That's where tech startups really excel, where you take just the minimum but highest output labor that you can get, which are engineers and designers, product developers. And then you add in capital. You use that for marketing, advertising, scaling. And you add in lots of code and media and podcasts and content to get it all out there. That is a magic combination. So I've, I found that interesting because that's literally what these influencers are doing. Because he said it from a tech startup. But I'm looking at it like, so the three parts that he said was uh, labor, capital, and uh, media, right? And he referred it to code as well. Uh, and with those three, this is going to be the the formula to these new successful millionaires and new successful, uh, you know, celebrities that we know. So when we're looking at the influencers now, and this is why this is now one of the top uh, jobs kids want to be in, right? Because you go from zero to bare minimum money to starting a, a channel, right? That can then create a substantial amount of income that will be your capital that you then, you look at a, a Mr. Beast where he got, uh, was it Mr. Beast Burger, which will create labor, right? So that hired people in, in the restaurant business, right? And now he's having multiple businesses like that. So he has uh, Mr. Beast Burgers. He has like Feastables, which is these different snacks and things like that, right? And he's... He's taking all of those three things and creating an empire. He's not asking for now. Probably he could ask for investors or maybe he has invest asked for investors from a capital standpoint. But this Mr. Beast is uh, went from two years ago spending 100 K on videos to now a million dollars, a million dollars per video. Yeah. And everything that he does, he reinvests in the business. So whatever money he's making from YouTube's and, and brand sponsorships, this is now his capital for growing the other different businesses and hiring the other people, getting the different labor that, that uh, the podcast talked about. And this is something that wasn't able before, right? Like he said, we had to go on radios or, or do different types of lectures or, uh, go on TV shows, those things that weren't ours. And now we're able to create platforms that is going to allow us to give us the capital if we play this right, that we wouldn't necessarily need investors. Now investors will 
we'll speed it up, right? We'll speed up and get the things that we need faster. But is it completely necessary? No, not the way that the creator economy is now. So it's it's so interesting that we we covered this almost, I would say several weeks already, but now having the formula, last week we had the blueprint of the creator economy, but now we have the formula of what that creator economy can create as far as successful millionaires. Do you have the, the leverage from your media that will create the capital that you would need for the labor? And now you have a complete empire because you are able to continue to get brand awareness out there because you have a platform already that will let people know about your different businesses, that will let people know about your different products and services, right? It's funny, and shout out to Terika, uh, a real early uh, guest from ours. I remember a, a conversation where she bought a media company. She was like, I'm not hiring different video videographers and photographers. I'm just going to own a business, uh, a media company. I'm just going to buy one out. Hmm. And now her content's getting better and, and she's coming out with, she goes on masterminds and that's super documented. And now people want to be involved in what she has going on because we clearly see what's going on, right? It's all about, we have people connect with people. And once we are connected, it's it's all about how you nurture the audience with your content so that whatever you drop, now they're a part of it. Mr. Beast wants to create good cereal, like healthy cereal. Yeah. And people are going to buy yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I see that dude more as like a humanitarian right now. Like the mm -hmm. stuff that he's talking about, I know, I know he's doing it through content. Content is the vehicle in which he's doing that, but he's really working on some incredible things. I think just the mentality behind what he's doing is really cool. You know, I, I mean, you really spoke to that so well. I, I, the, the importance of content is growing more and more and more. And at this point, you have to be thinking about ways to make this a part of your schedule. It has to be an important thing that you time block for. It's not something that you make time for. And maybe if you do, it has to be a part of this will make me revenue. I just don't know when, which by the way, is not any different than the traditional marketing that, that has been going on for years, right? They always talked about marketing is going to make you money. We just don't know how much. We don't know if it mm -hmm. works or not. There's really no real, real way of measuring it. But I think content is is very unique because it comes with community and and that audience essentially is a is a group of loyal customers or a fan base that's going to follow you through many of your different endeavors as long as you continue to be true and unique to who you are or who you've shown yourself to be to them and you continue to serve them for what they come to you for so that alone i, I think is is a is a, a full formula in itself one thing that he said, and it was very brief, but I, I want to make sure we hit on it. And it was, uh, he said to, it, it requires minimal people, right? Requiring is 
little people as possible, I guess, if you were to think of it that way. And, uh, it, it, and I don't think it has anything to do with that I'm an introvert, but I realized that more and more, especially in startups or something that is young, the more hands that are attached to it, the messier it gets. Mm. For some reason, maybe it's failure on a leadership side, and it's always leadership's fault. I'm, I'm of that philosophy. It's, it's always leadership's fault, first and foremost. But it always tends to still slip over into other areas as well, right? But I want, I want you guys to start thinking about business this way, right? Because I, I also think this is another formula that has not made its way into our communities when we talk about building and scaling businesses that needs to start making its way into the conversation as we get more serious about businesses here to stay. You're seeing the dialogue shift in the content world where content creators are no longer just selling their creativity. They're now merging. They're, that's what mergers and acquisitions, M&As, that's exactly what that is. It's like, no, 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 I don't want to just give you my creativity or, or loan you my fan base or promote your product for me. Let's partner. That's where the power, the dynamic is now, that shift is happening and power is going into the creator's hand. And so with that, it's going to require a larger business knowledge from us to know how to really run and scale operations. And so there is a formula that's used in most businesses, not just big businesses, that helps you to calculate how much revenue you should be making per employee. Right. This lets you know almost the the health of your business. Now, I think that for the most part, this is used from a productivity standpoint. But if you're in this space or in the business space, for that matter, I just want you to run some numbers as we share this. And I'd be curious to know how you look at the health of your business afterward. Right. But this says a good revenue per employee benchmark ranges between. 43,000 of revenue per employee for companies making less than a million dollars total revenue to 230,000 per employee for companies earning 50 million or more in total revenue, right? Mm -hmm. which, is, which is the direct ratio of how much revenue are you generating per people in your business? Now, I've seen this number completely jacked, meaning increased tremendously in competitive markets to urge business owners to run as lean as possible. I've, I've seen this number as little as, or I should say as much as $500,000 per employee. And you can imagine the more that that number increases in terms of how much revenue you're able to earn per employee in your business, the leaner that you are. And of course, the more effective that your business is. And so just something to give you some perspective around how to think about people in your business. And when it says as little people as possible, you know, yes, you're relying on platforms, but also always make that comparison in terms of how many people and how does this impact revenue or how many people and what is the average revenue that, I, that I'm generating off of the number of employees or team members in my business. And I think that will start to give you some more perspective of like, how am I doing with my, with my people? You know, how am I doing with my people? So for sure, it's just something to think about as well. Thanks. Thanks. 
So uh, let us know what you thought of the blueprint section. Let us know. Put it in the comments. Uh, you know, go onto our social media. Let us know. Now, it's time for this or that. This is where we give like a mini battle, different perspectives on things. Uh, but of course, it's sponsored by the flight assessment. Okay. Uh Flightassessment.com, discover your personal superpower and learn how to use your superpower to become a master communicator, strengthen all your relationships, and develop the self-awareness you need uh, your wait, you need to fulfill your highest potential. Please go to flightassessment.com now. This this or that is uh also uh brought to you by Tyler Perry. Okay, the infamous the the almighty uh Tyler Perry media uh guru right now the conversation is going as far as do we plan for the right now or do we plan for the future right uh and I wanted to bring this up because I think even on this podcast we've always spoken about you know, work with what you have. And then I heard this clip. And now I want to talk about it. So uh, let's see what Tyler Perry has to say. First building I bought, I said, okay, this is going to be my studio. The building was like a million five. I was just like, Jesus, a lot of money. I'm, but I'm going to buy it. I bought it. Like, okay, I'm going I'm to shoot all my movies out of here. The, the crew showed up to do Diary of a Mad Black Woman. They walk in the door to Tyler, what is this? I mean, we can't we can't shoot a movie. We got to rent a building. This this place is too small. I'm like, what do you mean it's too small? Yeah. It, we we there are going to be hundreds of people here. We can't shoot here. I had this thing of building for right now, rather than learning to build for where you're going, rather yeah. than where you are, because your vision is going to be where you're going. That's a, are you that's are you a, for right now, or for where you're going? Yeah, that's a that's a very big battle between I think in a lot of ways it's like the current process and the progress you'd like to see happen over time. But I will say uh, my my thought is you should never dream from where you are because there's only so much that you can see from where you stand. Right? Like what 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 appears to be as a dream to you right now I think when you get there, you look back and you're like, huh, uh, okay, that was, that was cool. That was, that was a nice little fun ride, but what's next? What do, what do we do? So I have to say building for the future is, is definitely my vote on this one because there is, uh, what, and, and, and by the way, and I know this is like almost playing devil's advocate in a sense, because you need right now mm -hmm. to build for the future. You can't just like go 10 years in the future and say, all right, I'm gonna build right here. Like, no, no, the only way you build for 10 years into the future is by in a, in a ways being say, say careful and, and, and nurturing what you have right now. But the future is where it's at, man. I just, I, yeah, I just think we, we always kind of play it small right now. I, I know you have like a spin to this and I just want to hear that because that's where it's going to make stuff interesting. No, so no, I'll, no, I'll I, let you... I have a question to go <laughs> okay. along with it. I don't, I don't necessarily have a spin, mm -hmm. but 
Okay, if we look at that same scenario, right? He was like, okay, I got to buy a studio. This is going, this is a lot, but I'm buy it. And then his team said, it's too small. You should have rented out. You got to rent out a bigger one, right? And then he finally got, you know, clearly Tyler Perry Studios. Mm. Now, in that situation, what would you have done? If I own like the old studio, you're saying? Meaning if you had to create something and you needed a space and this is what you have right now and this could stretch you a bit, completely stretch you, but it can stretch you. It's a lot. It's a lot. The most that you've probably spent on something, mm-hmm. but you, you know, or you find out that it, that wasn't it. Like, and you've already had visions of having bigger, right? Yeah. So I think this is more of, do you go with the steps? Do you own, how about this? Do you own with each step? Right. Because he owned that studio, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he visioned to what he has now, which is Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry Studios. That's in Atlanta and stuff like that in Georgia. Or do you borrow and Mm. collaborate? You see where I'm going with this? I do. I do. I do. Um, Low key. uh, I just want to say this real quick. Uh, Mr. Perry. Uh, next time, uh, you should consult with us so that we can utilize the flight assessment and let you know to speak to your team prior to making an acquisition. <laughs> so that that was what a very fine-tuned move, I must say, uh, you know, considering that this segment is considered by the flight assessment. No, but it's like, you know, for the record, though, you should, like, I think that is almost a, you know, like a, a small mistake just to be able to acquire something and it's and it's your last and and then you recognize that it's not even going to fulfill what you needed it to fulfill after you put up all that money. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, in that case, I would always say, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm for the borrow and collaborate. Honestly, I, I think as, as, as difficult as it may seem, and I feel like it goes against the grain of what every, everything that's talked about in the culture right now, okay. I got to say it makes more sense because if you just think about it from a logistical standpoint, why would I put all of my money into something that I literally can't use for the business that I'm trying to build right now? Mm-hmm. And so, and so I satisfy my pride and I say, okay, I own it, but what are you doing with it? I can't even use it. You know? So it's like, it's like, it's one of those weird scenarios where why, why would I want to put myself in that position rather than thinking about where I'm going into the future? I, I actually think if you are about the big picture, that's the way to do it. Unless you were saying, well, let me just buy something so I could know what it, what it takes to go through the process of buying something. Mm-hmm. Then maybe, maybe, maybe that's like, okay, I could see that, but I wouldn't buy something that puts me on my last to okay. learn how, like I, I wouldn't learn on my last dollar. Mm. You're not one of those. No, there's some I, that's like, that has to be put in that uncomfortable situation to move a certain kind of way. Like living in a, I know I had it, so I, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make them go to new levels, but like you 
pay for something, you know that if you mess up, there's going to be a struggle. Not like mm-hmm. instantly, but like, yo, ooh, this this kind of hurt. It's kind of hurt. We got to make things pop in like now. Um, that sometimes motivates people to act right and put a fire under their butt. But I'm not, I'm not saying, so here, here's the thing. I'm not saying right or wrong on anything. Right. Um, I think this one is hard for me to figure out because I think it, it goes against with how I think about creating a brand and content of like, there's certain levels that we're on and we have to kind of respect that and move in that level, even though we may be thinking further, right? If we jump too ahead, we sometimes even lose some of the lessons or um, don't know what to do because we move that way. Now, in this scenario, um, if I plan, so let's say I'll, I'll put it in my context. If I plan on creating a, I don't know, software that does its own community, right? Then I'm going to quote unquote rent, quote unquote white label other things. And that's like I could white label, AKA for him, it would have been rent and put his stuff on it. Right. Um, And not necessarily own. I would uh, do stuff and maybe get on different platforms, get in different areas that will, that costs extra because I don't necessarily own it. So you Mm -hmm. think of it like uh, owning a house, like some of the rent is way more than if you was to own. Crazy amount, right? That's right. Um, But there's pros to it as well. Like it leaves you mobile. Like you can go once your lease is done. Like you don't have to sit and you have to sell it and this, that, and the third. Like there's, there's always pros and cons to the level that you're on to where you're trying to go. So... I think for me, and I say all that because I think for me, you have to weigh out the pros and cons of going towards the future or where you are right now, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes where you are right now, it's not about settling for that level, right? You're going to outgrow that level. Absolutely. But there's so many lessons within that, that even right there, he learned the lesson right there that is priceless, that he can now, when he moves on certain things, thinks about it in a different way. So I think sometimes moving in the right now is needed in order to learn what you need for the future. So... That's where I'm like, is like torn about it because I, I'm all, I'm, I'm that visionary. I'm like, yes, go. But then will I be doing anything because I'm saving up or waiting for this particular thing? Cause that's where I see it, where it is. Or I'll put myself in the position that I may 
not be ready for. And then mm-hmm. that in my in my thought process, that's like owning a, a owning a really expensive camera and I haven't even mastered a, a, a Polaroid. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, what what are we talking yeah. about? So, I, I, I said what I said. I said <laughs> <laughs> that's this is that people. Uh, and of course, we got more for the after show. If you are not part of the after show, head to Apple Podcasts and uh, hit the all access squad because that's where you get access to the after show. Really, really dope conversation, really dope strategy, breakdowns, and get to know more about Moose. For those people who want to get to know more about Moose, he says it over there, not here. Okay? <laughs> not here. Just letting you know. Um, but follow us everywhere at Nikki and Moose, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. We're everywhere. Go check us out. Moose, final words. Yeah, don't don't fall so in love with the process that you forget about the importance of making progress. There's a time and season for you to get into the details of making sure something is absolutely in line with what you need it to be. But know that you got to make progress and that ultimately will give you a better process.